This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Well, the odds have increased of Edmonton hosting games, of being a hub city for NHL competition when we get back to the return to play for the qualifying round and the subsequent playoffs. And that is because there are now only five teams left as candidates, barring some other twist here along the way. But the Vancouver Canucks did confirm this afternoon that they will not be a hub city. A lot of reporting out of Vancouver that the hangup was that the uh, the province of BC was saying if there was a positive test, that the series would have to be delayed possibly for a few days, and that obviously doesn't sit well with the National Hockey League. We will discuss this as we move along throughout the show tonight. We'll have Thomas Drantz joining us from Vancouver. He writes for The Athletic, so he'll give us more details into what is going on here with Vancouver. So two Canadian cities left as possible hubs right here in Edmonton and also Toronto, south of the border, Las Vegas, which has been a favorite all along, along with Los Angeles and Chicago, which were actually uh, kind of surprising to be on the list when the NHL put those out a few weeks ago. It, there could there could be two Canadian cities. It could be both Edmonton and Toronto. Uh, we, we They're pretty sure, everybody's pretty sure there's going to be at least one, maybe Canada would get both. It does make sense to have one in a uh, Western time zone, either Pacific or Mountain, and another one in a uh, more Eastern time zone. And I guess that leaves Toronto and Chicago as the two furthest East possibilities right now. So definitely a story we will continue to follow. Not sure if we're going to find out, though, before the weekend. I want to get to a clip here from Brian Burke, former NHL executive, now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers, and he joins Bob Stoffer every Thursday on Oilers Now from noon to 2. And uh, here's what Burke had to say about the search for the hub cities. Well, I think the delay, I think the league wanted to announce the hub cities today uh, and not interfere with the, uh, the draft lottery tomorrow. But I think it's going to have to wait now. They, they've hit a snag with immigration in Canada. Uh, or locally, uh, the health authorities in British Columbia apparently, uh, and this is Elliot Freeman's information, not mine, and he's usually dead on, um, is that it might be the number of positive tests uh, you can have and continue to play. So right now, baseball is being hit with a wave of positive tests, football, college football, tennis, for God's sake, golf. So it's clear we're not out of the woods. It's clear that COVID-19 is raging in some states. But uh, if they can do this the way they set it up, and you and I have talked about this, if they can truly bubble the players, then the, the rate of COVID-19 around the around that area should not be a factor. And that being said, it's certainly a positive that Alberta's been so good at keeping this down and, and dealing with this virus. So um, I'm frankly getting weary of it. I, I would like them to announce the Hub City so we can all get on with our lives. All right, so that's Brian Burke earlier today on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. But the draft lottery is tomorrow, actually in uh, in 24 hours, so we can keep you updated on the draft lottery on Inside Sports tomorrow night. But uh, as he said, we might not get the hub cities until 
after the weekend, and they're still shooting for July 10th for the start of training camp. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, nine minutes after six. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, we will have some Eskimos and football discussion tonight. Fred Stamps, one of the best Eskimos of the last uh, 10 to 15 years. Is he one of the best players in the CFL of the last decade? The CFL has launched a fan poll. Media involved, too. I believe our Dave Campbell gets to be one of the voters for an all-decade team from 2010 to 2019. So we'll catch up with Fred and talk about some of the uh, great receivers he had as teammates and that he saw as opponents and also get an update on how Fred's doing in life. He is uh, in Houston, which uh, one of the places in the United States that has had uh, a rise in COVID-19 cases over the last few weeks. So we'll get to Fred later on tonight. And as I mentioned, Thomas Drance from The Athletic in Vancouver will join us in the second hour of the show with uh, an update on the Canucks no longer being a hub city for the National Hockey League. Okay, so uh, I want to get to a little bit here. Of course, yesterday, the the big news, especially uh, for Edmonton and area, you had uh, Kevin Lowe being named to the Hockey Hall of Fame, the Oilers franchise leader in games played, a six-time Stanley Cup champion, including five with the Oilers. He won another one with the New York Rangers. He's going into the Hall of Fame, as is Ken Holland, the current general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. He will go in in the builders category, and that is for his work with the Detroit Red Wings, where he won a Stanley Cup with uh, the Wings and as assistant general manager, and then he also won three as the GM of the team. And, uh, of course, Jerome Ginla got into the Hall of Fame as well. The induction not officially until November. That is uh, that is tentative because of uh, everything going on with the pandemic. Uh, but, yeah, Ginla from St. Albert, so a pretty exciting day for Edmonton and area. Now, with, with Kevin Lowe, uh, I mean, look, he had to wait a long time to get into the Hall. He'd been eligible since 2001. Does, uh, does finally get the nod. Uh, you heard Glenn Anderson on the show last night. Speaking about having uh, Kevin Lowe as a teammate, we had Marty Jelena, who had Lowe as a teammate when he was a very young Edmonton Oiler on that 1990 team that went on to win the Stanley Cup. And uh, we also had uh, Wayne Gretzky on with Bob earlier today, who, who spoke about Kevin. So now I think another question we turn to here is, is it finally time? Is it finally time to retire Kevin Lowe's number four? Everybody up there uh, except Al Hamilton, is in the Hall of Fame. Of course, Al's number three was retired before the Oilers got got rolling with their dynasty in the 1980s. And Kevin Lowe was on with Bob earlier today, and, and Bob said, wasn't it you that put in the rule that you have to be in the Hall of Fame before your number goes to the rafters? And that's because... Uh... Uh, God bless him. Jim Matheson was, uh, and he's still to the, till again this week, uh, wrote an article. Uh, and I got to thank um, Maddie for keeping the fire building, uh, burning. But, um, um, you know, Maddie, you know, wrote it was time to, you know, put my number up. And it just was awkward for me being the general manager. I didn't, I saw it happen in a couple other cities where, hockey executives were you know in charge of the team and were having their numbers retired and i just i just whether i deserved it or not just the thought of it seemed awkward to me so um you know felt the simple simple way to end the discussion was just you know create a rule that you have to be in the hall of fame now it's not written down anywhere it's not it's not uh um you know it's it's not gospel but uh it it you know, it's probably not a bad idea, um, but I don't know uh, what uh, you know. Daryl Cates and Kenny Holland will decide going 
forward, uh, but that was just something that actually Patrick LaForge and I at the time would have, you know, come to the conclusion that that was a good way to sort of push off the idea of getting my number up there. All right. Well, I think it'll be up there at some point. And just for fun, on my Twitter account, I have a poll going. Pretty simple. Is it uh, now time that the Oilers retire number four in Kevin Lowe's honor? You can get that on my Twitter account and vote at Reed Wilkins. Pretty simple. Just the spelling of my name, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. One of these polls that I know the result is going to be in favor of yes. Curious to see how one-sided it would be currently 80 percent yes 20 percent no coming up on 900 votes so if you want to have a little fun you can go click on that 780-496-0063 is the number to both call and uh, text so vancouver out as a hub city for the nhl increasing edmonton's chances of hosting games we'll continue talking about that tonight former eskimos receiver fred stamps will join us we'll call timeout inside sports on 630 chat So this was a phoner, right? When you were getting served the show tonight from Nils wants to hear the odds. Someone who's cool. Right. Wow. Nils hopping right in to have a little fun most nights. If there's a tune you would like to hear coming back from commercial, you can text it to 780-496-0063. We prefer guitar rock. We do not want naughty language at the beginning of the song. And I guess you can also call Kellen as well. Yeah, Any call. sports comments you can uh, you can call or text too. But we we do have we do go off topic a lot, whether it's uh, music or pop culture or comic books or uh, werewolves or Terminator movies, Star Wars. We we cover it all sometimes here on Inside Sports. So like this texter simply says, I agree with Brian Burke. This is the dumbest news story ever. Who cares where they play? Well, I think a lot of people do. I think all the uh, NHL teams certainly care because they're going to have to go play in this city and in this bubble potentially for a couple of months if you're one of the teams that goes into the conference finals or the Stanley Cup final. I, I get the sentiment, and I've heard that from a lot of fans, that ultimately uh, wherever the games are doesn't matter because the games will be only available to watch on television you can't go to the games in person and if Edmonton is chosen as a hub city it is likely that the Oilers would then go to the other hub city now if it's Edmonton and Vegas or Edmonton and Los Angeles well I guess Los Angeles is out of the playoffs so they could they could move Edmonton to Los Angeles if it's Edmonton and Vegas they're both in the playoffs and they're both uh in the Western Conference so either Edmonton or the Golden Knights would play in their home rink. You got to remember that. But uh, fair comment from that texture, not overly interested in the Hub City story. But, uh, you know, I think it's I, I think it's a big deal. And certainly uh, the government of Alberta and uh, the Oilers Entertainment Group and uh, and the city of Edmonton as well has has been pushing for it. I mean, it's it, this has not been 
uh, behind the scenes. Well, I mean, there has been work behind the scenes, but a lot of it has been public. You know, Premier Kenny's talked about it. Uh, Dr. Hinshaw has been uh, asked about it. Uh, Tim Shipton has commented for uh, Oilers uh, Entertainment Group. Uh, you know, he dealt with some blowback about that video that came out on Monday, but most of the stuff has been, uh, uh, you know, positive and well-positioned and, and, and uplifting. So, like, OEG is going for it. The province is going for it. There, there's no doubt about that. So the, to me, that's uh, part of the story in itself is uh, how badly Edmonton, Alberta, and Oilers Entertainment Group wants to host games at, at Rogers Place. So they've, they've definitely, and hey, they're down to the final five. They were in a group of 10. I think it started with about 14 teams, and then there was 10, and uh, now it's down to five. Now, the thing is, there, there could be last-minute adjustments uh, along the way, you know, the Canucks have came out and said, Hey, we're not going to be a hub. Could something change in the next few hours, next 24 hours, next 72 hours? Sure. But that's where we are right now. It is indeed down to five. And we'll talk more about that with Thomas Drance from the athletic in Vancouver a little bit later on tonight, Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you, uh, if you want to call or text a couple other notes from the uh, world of sports, Canadian Mackenzie Hughes, what a round at the Travelers Championship opening round today in Connecticut. A 10 under 60. He had 10 birdies and no bogeys. Had a long birdie putt on his 18th hole of the day, which was number nine. He played the back nine first today. Wasn't able to drain it, but he has a three-shot lead. So an opening, uh, awesome round there for Mackenzie Hughes. Liverpool wins the English Premier League. And this is the this is sort of the I was going to say crazy. I guess it's not crazy. It's certainly uh, unusual for North American sports where we're used to playoffs, and it certainly removes some of the drama for the final few weeks of the English Premier League. Now there will be jockeying for other uh, positions and to get into Champions League and avoid relegation at the bottom of the standings and all that kind of stuff. But Liverpool is already the English champion, and uh, they did not clinch it on the pitch. What happened was Manchester City in second place lost to Chelsea 2-1. So that means Man City cannot catch up to Liverpool with seven games to go. So this is the earliest ever that the English champion has been crowned. I mean, it used to be called the top division. And uh, now since the early 90s, it's been the Premier League. But no team since the inception of England's league system, which was in 1888... That's how long they've had this format. No team since 1888 when it started has clinched the title with seven games remaining. And also because of the delay in the season, because of the pandemic, no team has ever clinched it this late in the calendar. And that being obviously here on uh, on June 25th. So a little bit there from the English Premier League. And uh, this is interesting too. Vince Carter is retiring, made it official today. He had been saying this was going to be his final NBA season, played the last two seasons with the Atlanta Hawks. 22 years in the NBA, uh, he got traded during his seventh season with the Toronto Raptors. He was Rookie of the Year in 1999. Uh, I know the Raptors had some pretty good players before him. Damon Stoudemire also won Rookie of the Year. But Carter, to me, an explosive player that probably more than anyone uh, I think captivated fans from coast to coast just because of his uh, his highlight reel ability. The Raptors starting winning more games, got into the playoffs. 
Uh, and speaking of numbers uh, being retired, I wonder if uh, the Raptors retire his number 15. I think they should. I know they've had some other great players, obviously have won a championship, but I think for his importance to that franchise and for basketball across the country, uh, I would like to see Vince Carter get his number retired. So some other news and notes there as uh, we take, oh, the Canadian Elite Basketball League, I should mention this as well, which features the Edmonton Stingers. They will play a tournament in St. Catharines, Ontario. It'll start July 25th. Seven teams now in that league. They expanded from six last year, and uh, that'll be it. That'll be it. They will just do the tournament. Kent in the Dozer texting in. Were the Dozers the little guys on uh, on Fraggle Rock, Kellen? Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't watch that show. No, I was a Muppet Babies fan, so. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Wrong. Kent in the Dozer says, hey, Reed, just a question. I was thinking about uh, whichever two cities that end up getting to host the NHL playoffs, will that team's logo be at center ice or will the NHL make up a uh, new logo to put there since it will hopefully be a once-in-a-lifetime special event? You know what, Kent? I don't know. I had not thought about that. I, I w- it wouldn't surprise me maybe if they put the NHL logo at center ice instead of the the team arena or maybe they'll just say hey we'll recognize that this city and this club uh are hosting games so uh, we'll give them the nod in the arena will look the same it looks that that's a good question i mean maybe they will go with the national hockey league logo i uh, i never heard that discussed to be honest with you hope you're having a good night in the dozer that is kent writing in 780-496-0063 okay we will keep rolling well music requests coming in we enjoy that Got another on a phone line, too. Oh, my goodness. People are just really into the tunes They're tonight. They're contacting us. Well, it's nice and sunny out. Why not? Why not enjoy some good tunes? Like- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Inside Sports. Fred Stamps coming up in the next half hour. Somebody requested this. Yeah. That, that is somewhat surprising. But, uh, <laughs> Glenn phoned in and requested uh, Video Killed the Radio Star. What, was it the Buggles? Was that the band? Yes. All right. The very first video played on MTV, evidently. All right. No, not as guitar-oriented as we're used to. I mean, somebody texted in some Metallica. So we'll try to get to that that's a little upcoming. bit later on. <laughs> yeah, that's up. Good. I'm glad you have that in the rotation. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. And I, I appreciate, uh, I don't have this texter's name, but somebody has corrected me. The little guys on Fraggle Rock, the little creatures, were the doozers, not the dozers. They were the doozers. So very important that that has been clarified. Thank you. 780-496-0063.
All right. Don't worry, Phil. We're going to play Metallica. Just everybody, we try to get it as many people as possible. We are, Phil's already upset. Phil likes San Jose, and he, he often feels that we disrespect the Sharks on the uh, on the show as well, which we don't. <laughs> we, just don't we just don't talk about them enough for his liking. Uh, all right, so Vancouver out as a hub city in the National Hockey League. We'll get more details in the next hour of the show. Thomas Drance is going to join us. He's a hockey writer with The Athletic in Vancouver, and uh, it sounds like the, the issue there is – that the province of BC said, okay, if there's uh, a problem with, uh, if there's a positive test, we might have to shut down a series for a day or two. And uh, that obviously does not sit well with uh, the National Hockey League. So Edmonton's still in the mix. We do do not expect an announcement tomorrow. Uh, there will be the draft lottery tomorrow. That'll probably be the focus of the day for the NHL, though you never know. So maybe Monday or Tuesday, we find out the hub cities. Uh, Kellen went golfing today. Uh, fourth round of the year. I kind of didn't didn't get mm-hmm. out there till uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Not sure if this is really a, a news update. I'm still terrible, <laughs> and sometimes I still wonder why I do it. I know I have discussed my golf journey on the show. Here's here's the thing. This is like uh, the the therapy for me. You know, sometimes, especially during when the Oilers are playing, especially an overtime open line, people need to call into Rob and I after games and just talk and just let their feelings out about the Oilers. Well, I think I, I'm asking the, the listeners to just afford me that a little bit with my golf game. Like, I suck. I suck as a golfer. Like, I'm sitting there to myself thinking, why did I get up early to do this? Even, But yet part of me is enjoying it and still thinking uh, I'm going to hit a good shot on the next shot. Here's the thing. I improved three summers ago. I legitimately improved. I've, I've told the story. I, I, I took some lessons and I went from being a golfer who rarely broke a hundred uh, to now being a golfer who rarely shoots over a hundred. So I have improved. Um, and sometimes I, I might even break 90, not often, but, but I do have some rounds in the eighties. I miraculously shot an 81 at Riverside within the last couple of years. I actually had a putt for 79 that I blew by the hole and then I missed the comebacker. I was still very happy to shoot 81. But I, I, I still struggle to, to hash out my exact relationship with the sport of golf because I'm terrible at it. And I, I've, I've tried to manage my expectations. And, and I'm, sure, I'm sure there are some of you out there listening, and I, I appreciate all opinions. I know there are a lot of people out there that hate golf, that sometimes when I talk about golf on the show or I, you know, we do a segment on one of the majors, people are like, it's not a sport. I hate golf. It's fine if you don't like it. And I think probably there are some people out there uh, amongst our 14 listeners, Kellen, who maybe have like really low handicaps who could go out there and shoot in the high 70s or low 80s. Probably some people listening who hear me say that I break 100 most of the time and that would be foreign to them because maybe they're shooting 110 or 115. But I just have such a weird relationship with the game because I, I try not to get too hung up on my score, though I can't not keep score. That's just my personality that I, I like to have a record of the round. And if I do really well, I want to have kept score and not been like, geez, I think I shot 85, but I wasn't keeping score. So I, I always still keep score this year. And late the second half of last year, I was getting too frustrated and I was shooting bad scores. So this year I thought, okay, go out, hit the ball. Uh, don't get upset. You know, you know that you can hit good shots and just appreciate it when they come. So that's the good side, but the bad side of me, it's like today I played so poorly, I wasn't golfing, I was just scrambling. And I think if you're 
a golfer, you, you know the distance. Like there are days, you, you of course, you're going to hit bad shots, especially if you're like me, you play once, maybe twice a week. You can't, the lack of repetition is going to prevent you from getting really, really good. So, you know, I, I remind myself of that, but I still think I'm good enough that I should be able to at least keep the ball and play most of the time and give myself a chance to make shots as opposed to like, okay, now I'm behind this tree. Now I'm on the rough. Now uh, I'm taking a penalty shot because I'm in the bush. And that's kind of what I was, uh, what I was like today. KJM is on the line. KJM, first of all, uh, it is nice to hear from you. You have been a longtime Shed listener and a longtime caller, especially the sports shows. And as you know, it's it's just important, I think, through all this for uh, for people to stay connected. So I'm happy to hear from you, and I hope everybody's healthy in your world. Well, yeah, no, everything is going great uh, here, Reed. Appreciate that. It's good to have you back on for two hours again. Uh, it was uh, a, a little bit of a lonely 6 o'clock hour there without you, so uh, good to have you back. And, uh, yeah, pre- appreciate that. I think that's um, – uh, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm that special. I know there are, there are a lot of people that, uh, that call Chad and, and listen to, to your show. And so I uh, appreciate that, uh, that you remember who I am, and that's, uh, that's cool. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I heard you talking about golf. And I have a, a little bit of a complicated relationship with the game, too, because, well, you know, I, like you, I, I, would want, I always want to keep track of my score during a game. And, um, you know, I, I want to try to do my best, but my real issue is that I am so terrible that when the, when, the, when the group coming up behind me gets close, that I start to get even worse. I go into, like, panic oh. mode, like you said, scramble. Like, if I knew, if I knew that, that there was going to be no push from somebody behind me, I would probably play golf way more often and and have a much better time but it's just it's the time pressure it's the the push from people to have you get going and that's that's real tough for for people that want to relax and and enjoy the game and and aren't aren't very good but looking to get better yeah and and that's another thing that is is uh complicated for like like i'm very lucky with my hours and and the pace of my job in the summer uh, because let's face it, I mean, it's this this time of year would be the off season for me anyway, pandemic or not. So I'm not going to Oilers practices in the morning. I'm not up as late after a game. So I'm very lucky I can get out, golf at 7 a.m., be done in often in three hours, even if I'm with a couple other guys, and then still have uh, a normal work day. Sometimes it's cheaper to golf if you go in the morning. So if I could only golf on evenings or weekends, I don't know if I would play as much just because a four and a half or five hour round and a lot of waiting and maybe delaying people behind you, that doesn't appeal to me uh, as much. But I, I don't I don't I don't get nervous though around other people because I'm at least confident enough in my swing that I'll that I can hit a usable shot. You know what I mean? But I, but I used to feel the way you do, though, if somebody else was maybe watching me. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and you, know, you know what's strange is uh, uh, something that I, I did years ago, and this, this, uh, this probably sounds absurd, but um, uh, I, got, I got noticeably better playing golf after I got uh, Tiger Woods Golf for the Nintendo Wii. So where you're no actually way. swinging the remote. Where you're oh, actually swinging I see. The remote. That's yeah, the, probably, I've never I've heard anybody say that 20, before. Twenty strokes better. Well, that's cool. I I didn't realize that it could help that much. I don't think I ever. 
Well, my it, buddy it had a my Wii. wrist rotation. It helped me not rotate my wrists as much and keep my 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 wrists straight when I was looking to uh, when I was looking. I didn't realize that it was it was as big a problem as it was. But you know, you you hit a couple of the shots in Tiger Woods on the Wii, and you realize that those those wrists you need to to really work on. So, anyways, that was just uh, a little bit about my relationship with golf. Uh, a different perspective, maybe, and uh, maybe some people haven't seen that before, or maybe other people can relate. That's awesome. Thanks, KJM. Yeah, thanks for having me. KJM, 780-496-0063. Jason says, hey, Reed, the best thing about golf is to listen to the late, great Robin Williams talking about how it was discovered, LOL. Jason, that is a classic comedy bit. Hey, a classic receiver, Fred Stamps, when we get back. Andy writing in on the text line, he says, Hey, Reed, golf is a very educational game. It teaches you how to swear. It is a great way to mess up a good walk. That is from Randy. Thank you. 780-496-0063 to call or text. Hey, let's welcome back to the 630 Ched Airwaves, former Edmonton Eskimos receiver, Fred Stamps. Fred, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. It's nice to have you on the show again. I know Eskimos fans are are always uh, happy to hear from you. How's, how's life? You've been keeping pretty busy lately? Yeah, kids keeping me busy. We uh, still down in quarantine and everything like that. But um, for the most part, I'm really busy with the kids. Okay, good stuff. How old are they now? I have uh, two three-year-old twins and um, a 10-year-old and all boys, so they're real active. (laughs) (laughs) Are, Are they into football or do they play other sports? Yeah, they're into football and soccer and, you know, they just they just want to have a football, basketball, whatever's around. They just they're ready to go. Okay, good. So you're expanding your horizons too. Then you got to get back into some other sports as well. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you uh, are you doing anything football related besides doing stuff with the kids? Like uh, I don't know, doing any just anything in the community or playing on any sorts of teams or anything? Yes, I have. Um, I have. I work in the community. Um, we're giving back to uh, a, a bunch of kids out in. Um, Texas and they loving it. A, a bunch of twelve year old they they getting ready to play the um they flag football championship on Monday. Oh, you got a championship game on Monday. Well good luck. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting ready to play on Monday. Good stuff. Okay. Well, all the best with that. We want to chat with you tonight about uh, a cool thing that the, the CFL is doing. It is the all-decade team, so it's for the past twenty years, twenty ten to twenty nineteen. Fans can Click on the link and vote. I'll tweet that out. And uh, right now you can pick defensive backs and uh, receivers and a safety. And, of course, you're in a uh, pretty impressive uh, <laughs> group of receivers. Have you gone on and voted for yourself yet, or are you, are you not going to do that kind of stuff? <laughs> no, I won't, I won't vote for myself, man, but I look at the uh, the group of receivers, man. man that's, a, that's a bunch of great guys on that list, man. And I, I was fortunate enough to play with a, a few of them, and I know how hard they work. So, man, it's it's tough. <laughs> yeah, some pretty impressive names. Uh, I'll just read off a few. Greg Ellingson, who's now an Eskimo. Uh, Weston Dressler's on there, who played for a couple teams. Uh, Chris Williams, 
Darrell Walker, who uh, was an Eskimo. Uh, he yes. was an awesome player. I think he's still looking for a team. Chad Owens, Nick Lewis, who wasn't popular in Edmonton, but was a great player. And, of course, <laughs> a, of course, a Darius Bobin, who uh, yes, uh, we had on the show a few weeks ago. And a Darius was uh, – he was a heck of a player, wasn't he? Man, he uh, – to me, I'm going to tell you how I look at a Darius – he was one of the he was honestly the hardest receiver to stop because the amount of power that he he run with you know what i mean so once the ball in his hand is over with it's like trying to tackle uh derrick henry somewhere <laughs> the guy from uh, tennessee you know and uh man that's that was a really hard worker man and um love that guy man love him forever what was it like for you i mean obviously with other receivers you're never on the field at the same time as 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 they are so do, do you come to just appreciate great guys on other teams do you try to give your dbs little tips or what was that like you know what um being a receiver growing up you appreciate other receivers you know um because it's almost like an art <laughs> i know it may sound weird but when you go up and get that ball you kind of you you can feel your body movement all kind of places and you know going everywhere but um you know, I remember when I first got to the lead, um, there was Arlen Bruce. And Arlen Bruce was one of those guys that make those those crazy catches and, you know, make those plays. They have G. Roy Simon. And, like, man, you, everybody know the type of plays that he made. And, um, you know, just to see the receiver game in the CFL and coming up, every like, if you look on Instagram, everybody's everybody a receiver right now. And um, not understanding, like, the CFL, like, if you want to play a receiver, I know that I'm not taking anything away from the NFL because the NFL is, in, you know, lead of his own. Um, but as far as the, the mind of a football player, being a receiver, like, you appreciate across the board. Anybody making plays, Speedy Banks. Um, just a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I, um, I sent Greg Ellison uh, when I was in Edmonton last year um, for Ricky um, retirement. I recorded Greg Ellison making a, a heck of a play coming over a guy over his shoulder, and I recorded it, and I, and I, I looked through my phone, I seen it, and I sent it to him just to show just the appreciation of, um, man, we love those type of plays. And everybody, you know, that's that's what the fans want to see, you know, and it just build a team, you know, it just build, it makes, you, it makes the next guy want to go out and make a bigger play. So that's just kind of being at, that type of athlete and type of football players. And I see, I see, I look at the list and every guy on that list make those type of plays. So I appreciate being on that list. Is that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you belong on that list. Uh, I mean, you had five consecutive seasons of uh, over 1100 yards. So, uh, you know, you yeah. were one of the premier guys when you played, you, know, you mentioned when you first came to the league and, and seeing some of the other receivers in the Canadian football league, what subtleties did you have to learn about being a CFL receiver as to, as opposed to being a receiver in four down football? Um, the game is so, so fast. And, um, like you, you you always have to be on high alert. You never know when that ball coming to you. And um, just to see the plays was made, I I remember back in 2008, um, we was down in the, in the Calgary game, and Ricky threw a corner route to Jason. And the way he adjusted to make that that play within the last seconds of the game, you know, like that's something that a young guy want to pay attention to. 
you know what I mean? A lot of young receivers coming in the league, like that's what you want to pay attention to. And I and I was one of those guys. I always looked into it and um making those plays, the the game the speed of the game, um, of course that extra defender ready to knock your head off. <laughs> <laughs> and ju- and just coming down on that waggle, because if you get caught in that waggle and you get you get hit in the chest, you you're stuck. You, the players dead, everything, you know, especially if you're ready to if the ball give you the first read. So man you know, I I just loved it, man. Um, I loved it, man. I'm I'm really excited, probably you could tell, but I, I I loved it for real. Fred Stamps joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Yeah, I think I remember that one uh, with Tucker. I think he caught it right on the goal line and and fell into the end zone or got knocked into the end zone. Is uh is that on the visitor's sideline in the corner? Is that yes. the one? Okay, yeah. That, <laughs> that was a crazy was... play, right? Uh, yeah, it, well, and Tucker was, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from you or, or Walker or some of the other guys we've talked about, but Tucker was, to me, Fred, he was one of the best at, you'd see a ball thrown, and as an observer, you're, I, I'd be sitting there thinking like, oh, he's not he's not going to be able to get to that one, and then bang, all of a sudden he came up with the ball. He had a, he had a, a, a second gear like no other, like he had takeoff. The way he walked, he'd be like, man, this guy's slow, man. He'd catch that ball and just take off, so... I definitely know too. <laughs> I know the fans used to love enjoy watching him because I, I, I got this, a chance to sit down next to him and, and and learn from him. So that's that was key for me. But um, Daryl Walker, man, I, he's one of those guys that I look at as um as a young bull. Like he, sky's the limit for that guy because the way he's fast, he catches everything come to him. And if you like in front of him, he's gonna drop his shoulder and just kind of run over you. So. <laughs> That's they just have so many great players. You, you, I could go on and on about this list, man. <laughs> well, it is a pretty impressive list, and I'm going to ask you about the defensive backside of it as well. I hope you don't mind giving these guys a little bit of credit. <laughs> but was there, yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for, from your, uh, you know, from your almost decade in the Canadian Football League, was there a defensive back that you know consistently? Um, you, you know, just gave you issues or was just always a real nuisance to go up against? Does anybody stand out? Man, no lie, man. I, I could go on because then again, they have a lot of great guys on that side of the ball. And um, of course, you may have a game where you um, may have a good game, but you played them in a couple of weeks, so you have to change it up. That's another thing about the CFL. You're playing these guys two or three times a week. I mean, two two or three times a year. And um that's another thing about the CFL. You always have to change up your game. You got to do something different. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to show the same tendency, tendencies and, and things like that. But I could tell you one guy. Um, well, I could tell you a couple. I'm just going to just leave it as a couple. Um, first, I want to start off, like, with my guys that I played with every day, you know. So I see guys every day like Chris Thompson. You know what I mean? Uh, Patrick. I seen those guys in practice. So, you know, we kind of got a feel for each other, but you've seen how hard, you know, how hard they work in practice and how hard you have to work against them. So, and, you know, it translated over the game. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate you checking in tonight. That is Fred Stamps, former Eskimos receiver. I've tweeted out the link right now. You can vote for receivers, defensive backs, and a safety for the CFL All-Decade team from 2010 to 2019. Pat Steinberg out of Calgary. Good buddy of mine. We'll catch up with him when we get back. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.